wrestling fans of all ages, shapes, sizes, genders, and everything in between. It is time to go to war and be the cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast. Welcome to the revolution. Buzz, buzz, guys. My name is Kate Murphy. What's going on, everybody? This is Will Tarashek, the founder of the Kings of the Rings podcast. What's going on, guys? It is I, the one and only Quiet Riot himself, Zach, your host of the Young Lions Perspective. What's up, guys? This is the Monday Night Delight. Greetings, one and all. This is your Prime Minister speaking, your favorite Canadian Mr. Fret. Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Nate the Effing Great from the Game Changer Podcast. If you're looking for a network that keeps wrestling real, then you've come to the right place because you're listening to you are listening. To you are listening to you are listening. Then you are listening. Get ready for a war because you're listening to what is going on, everybody. This is King Ricky Rose, your general manager, and you are listening to Wrestle Addict Radio. Now enjoy the show. Are you ready? From the Gift of Podcast Studios, it's The Delight Show, and here's your host, Matt Chapel. Thank you, thank you everybody, everybody, thank you, welcome to the Delight Show. My name is Man Chapel, the Monday Night Delight. I'm your host, and it's a pleasure to be here with you. Um, the 13th episode, and I say 13 is an unlucky number, and considering I just spent 40 minutes trying to make this computer work again, we're going to say that's true. Uh, on today's show, we're going to talk about AEW Dynamite from last week, and I realize that you all don't need a full recap of that show now, because it's been a week, and there's a new one on tonight, but we're going to talk about what happened during the show and what I thought about it. We're going to dive into the first of the Retro Impact reviews. TNA Impact from the year 2006, the debut of Kurt Angle on TNA TV. We'll be starting that process today. But first, I want to talk about Sasha, Asuka, and Bailey. Uh, and Kyrie Zane a little bit too. If you remember correctly, at the horror show at WWE Extreme Rules Thunderclap Scream, um, Sasha had Asuka on the ropes. Asuka was making her comeback. She accidentally missed the referee. And then the ref goes down. Bailey lays out Asuka with the title belt, takes the referee shirt off her, counts the pin one, two, three, and she declares Sasha the WWE Raw Women's Champion. The next night on Raw, Stephanie McMahon comes out and said, Hang on, no. And then books a match for this week's Raw, saying that the winner would be the Raw Women's Champion. But for some reason, Steph does... If she was supposed to, to vacate the title, she doesn't. And if she... And if she wasn't, then I don't understand the rules she set up. But she sets up that the, the belt can change hands by pinfall, submission, disqualification, or countout. Now, I was under the impression that the title was vacated. But according to everything on WWE.com, on Wikipedia that we've, we've seen throughout the week, Asuka was still the women's champion. So why then the count-out DQ rule? Why then would that be the case, take away the champion's advantage? I would understand if Sasha were the champion and you took away the champion's advantage there because Bailey kept getting involved. And also, I forgot to add that if Bailey got involved... 
then the title would also immediately go to Asuka. That was that was one last rule. But Asuka was the champion, and Steph essentially made it harder for her to retain the title. Now, Asuka's the babyface. She should overcome these things, etc., etc. I'm okay with all that. Flash forward to this week's Raw. Asuka and Sasha have another banger of a match until the finish. For some reason, the Titantron comes on and we see Bailey beating the hell out of Kairi Sane backstage. Asuka has a nearly unconscious, maybe actually unconscious Sasha Banks here, about to lock on the Asuka lock and win the title, or retain the title, it was never actually made clear, when she decides she must save her friend's life, so she rushes to the back, and the ref begins to count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and ten. And she's counted out. Sasha Banks is then awarded and declared the WWE Raw Women's Champion. I have thoughts. Uh, and this week I talked to Kate and I told them that that I was Goldberg levels of mad about this. And upon reflection, that's not true. Goldberg was a bad idea all the way through and they fulfilled on it. I'm not that mad. I am mad, though, because this was a good idea. Having a two-woman power trip is a good idea. Sasha and Bailey are the tag champs. Bailey has a SmackDown title. Sasha has the Raw title. That's fine. I'm okay with that. I would even be okay if Sasha won the title through nefarious means at the horror show at Extreme Rules Scream Thunderclap. I understand that. But to do a BS finish there and to do another BS finish here, and Sasha, yes, she's a heel, but she wins the title by count out. Somebody looked it up, and the last time somebody won the title by count out, Dustin Rhodes won the WWE United States title over Ricky Steamboat by count out, and it that had to have been 20 years ago. 20, oh, God, no, it's 2020. Nearly 30 years ago. So that. We built that title up for so long. Uh, you know, Ronda won it at SummerSlam of 2018. She held it to to WrestleMania. We had the we had the man storyline where Becky became the biggest star in wrestling. She had both belts. She made it at WrestleMania. She held that title for 13, 14 months. And then it was handed to Asuka. And that kind of was the beginning of the end, but at least Asuka won the women's money in the bank match and so inside the briefcase was the title i'm okay with that and then asuka kind of loses it on a bs finish and then definitely loses it by count out this is a dumb storyline it devalues the title first and foremost the title means essentially nothing right now because it, it has not no one has won that title by pinfall or submission since WrestleMania 35, 2019, uh, at the MetLife. was the last time somebody won that title by pinfall or submission. And I don't count Sasha's pinfall at the Horror Show Extreme Rules Scream Thunderclap. Um, so the title's devalued. It devalues Asuka. Gone are the days of NXT Asuka, and we knew we've known that for a while. But Asuka's been one of the more entertaining parts of the MT Arena era. She's been 
this mainstay of the show, and now she's not only losing, she lost Alexa Bliss earlier this year, and I love Alexa Bliss, but I was stunned when Alexa Bliss pinned Asuka. And then she lose, she gets pinned after a belt shot um, at Extreme Rules. Uh, and then she gets lose my count here. So you devalue Asuka. You devalue your your two-woman power trip because one of your women in the two-woman power trip has just backdoored her way into having a title. So I, I hate all of it. I hate nonsensical booking. I hate the repetitive storylines. And if we just get... If we just get Asuka and Sasha again at SummerSlam, that's just repeating. And I, I that's three times in four weeks. I don't care anything about that either. Um, and, I, and I hate this whole in logic as well. Stephanie clearly said if Bailey gets involved, Asuka retains the title or Asuka wins the title. It was never clear. Bailey got involved. No, she didn't come out to the ring and she didn't attack Asuka, but Bailey is backstage attacking Ky- uh, Kyrie Zane. She clearly has lured Kyrie somewhere where no refs or trainers can get to them, and manhandled a production guy and a cameraman enough where they have to do what she says. This is involvement. This is Bailey absolutely getting involved, putting in a lot of work and effort to help screw Asuka over. But, and, and le- I mean, if it's addressed on Raw next week, It'll still be dumb because uh, it'll still be dumb because it never should have been a, a, a place where Oscar could be counted out for her title. But she absolutely got involved, and that's what's going to end up be, you know causing the Sasha Oscar match uh, because Bailey did get involved. But the rules were stated: if Sasha, if Bailey's involved, Sasha doesn't get the title. Hey there, garbage truck! Uh, oh, oh, wrong tree service truck. Keep going. Don't you stop to cut trees here. I'm doing a show. No, he went on. Okay, great. Um, if Bailey got involved, Sasha would not win the title. So even if Steph comes out or comes on the Tron next Monday and says, Bailey, you got involved, so Asuka gets a rematch at SummerSlam, those weren't the rules. You have established what the match is supposed to be and then ignored it, and it makes me angry. Um, and let's just be honest. I, I haven't said a lot of good things about WWE in a long time long time and I did something this week that I swore I'd, I'd never be one of those people I didn't broadcast it although I'm broadcasting it right now I canceled my WWE Network subscription uh, a couple different reasons um, one I'm tired of bored non- uh, boring nonsensical repetitive booking um, I just am with Randy Orton going back to the top of the card for um, for, for SummerSlam's main event and I'll be honest Randy Orton's been one of the better parts of, again, the empty arena era. But I don't need to see Orton at the top of the card for the 14th year in a row. He won his first world title, obviously, 16th year in a row, at SummerSlam 2004. It's 2020 now. I don't need Randy Orton still at the top of my card. Um, I don't need Bray, Bray Wyatt and Braun again. I just I just don't. And so I canceled it. I'm not watching WWE right now on the network. I'm not watching SummerSlam. I may be back for Survivor Series if the build looks good, but I will definitely be back by the Rumble because it's my favorite part of the year. It gives me hope, and hope is a hard thing to have when you're a wrestling fan, especially when it's, it's garbage wrestling. So what's this show going to be? Well, 
That's why we're starting the Retro Impact Reviews. I was going to finish Summer of Punk, but I don't have the network now. Um, so, I'm going to do the Retro Impact Reviews for a while. We're going to still talk about AEW when NWA Power comes back. We'll talk about that. But um, for a while, this is not going to be a WWE show. So if that's what you're here for, sorry. Um, let's get into something I am going to watch each and every week because I enjoy it. It's entertaining and it's it's you know it's not it's not boring and that is AEW Dynamite. You've already seen this show. You've heard all the recaps, but let's just talk about thoughts on it uh, a week out and what I remember of these shows because that's a big factor. I don't remember week to week what happens with with WWE stuff because a there's seven hours of it on TV every week. It repeats so much. It's hard to remember what happened this week versus last week versus the week before. Um, I just, I'm done with it. But let's talk about AEW. No more talk of WWE for the moment. Um, AEW opens with this TNT title, TNT title match. And Tony Khan and John Moxley, and I believe, was it Matt Hardy? They all talked, built up this big surprise guest, this big surprise that's going to be the challenger for the TNT title. And a lot of people thought Warhorse. Um, I personally thought Matt Cardona, Zack Ryder, which again would not have matched the hype, ironically. But uh, it ended up being Eddie Kingston. Now, not a hugely familiar person with Eddie Kingston. I know the name. I know the guy's look, but I not. I haven't watched a lot of his stuff. When he comes out here. Um, he he says that he grew up harder than Cody. He wants a, a chance for the title. It's a no DQ match, and they have a no DQ match. And Eddie Kingston beats the hell out of Cody Rhodes for a long time, and even pulls out this bag of thumbtacks. Well, uh, and he does powerbomb Cody into the thumbtacks. Powerbombs into thumbtacks. That's because, yeah, great. All the ones that were sticking pointy end up went into Cody. Those hurt a lot. But what about the ones that were sideways and you got the blunt edge just digging into his side? That looked awful and also awesome at the same time. However, they still built through the match that Kingston's leg was going out and that Cody was attacking the leg. So when he locked in the figure four, uh, and rolled Kingston into the tax. Kingston tapped out, and it made sense. I love this match. This match was great. Sign it to Kingston, absolutely. Get him in that uh, in that roster and do something with them. I will say this, I, I will not be one of those people who says everything AEW does is perfect because it's not. They have a lot of guys that aren't getting the time and the use that they deserve. That they deserve. I, I want them to sign Eddie Kingston, but I want them to do something good with him. Go away, trucks. Doing a show. Uh, oh my god, what is that? <sighs> okay, it left. Whatever it is, gotta love being in the sticks, dude. Um, Mockley does a promo, says he's disappointed he didn't actually destroy Cage's arm, and next time he will destroy uh, Brian Cage's arm. MJF comes out to fight Griff Garrison. Um, he uh, assumes that this man with the curly hair is Jungle Boy. MJ uh, Garrison corrects him. MJF beats the crap out of him with uh, the microphone and says, Listen, you right now say that I am undefeated. And the guy says, Didn't you lose a tag match? And so he hits him with the microphone, beats him down, and says, Tell them I'm undefeated. Eventually Griff Garrison says it, and MJF mercifully finishes him off with Heat Seeker. MJF beautiful heel, beautiful match. I, uh, MJF is growing on me as a heel each and every week. I cannot wait for him to challenge. Uh, my guess would be 
Moxley, but if they built up MJF versus Cody for the TNT title and MJF takes the TNT title, I would be okay with that. Tony Schiavone uh, is talking to Rebel backstage. He asks her, now is your name Rebel or Reba? And she says, oh, my name is actually, and then you hear Britt Baker call from inside the room, Reba! Which, the joke is, it's Rebel. Ha ha. And, and actually, listen, Rebel is one half of the worst match I've ever seen. But she's entertaining here. That's maybe all we're looking for. Uh, Britt Baker calls him in the locker room. She unveils the fourth rule of being a role model, which is to never count out a role model. She says she's going to make a great comeback, just like Michael Jordan did with the Wizards. Uh, Shivani and Rebel try to tell her that comeback was no good. And she says, no, listen, I am Michael Jordan, and don't count me out at all, especially at all out. I'm like, okay, that's good lines. I can't wait for Baker, this Britt Baker, this heel, to show up and start being a wrestler again. Um, she's done more on the DL uh, than she has on the main roster, and that is that's big. Taz and Brian Cage come to the ring to make a promo. Said that Cage had a difficult week, that Cage almost fired him, but he said that you know Moxley had the armbar on Cage, and Taz made a business decision. He's going to throw in the towel, save Cage's arm. So he can come back and fight again. He says that there will never be a position where he has to do that again. Uh, and Cage will, uh, won't tap. He's the FTW champion because he has the FTW mindset. Darby Allen comes out and Ricky Starks, new member of the Taz family, shows up and hits Darby hard from behind. And Darby goes headfirst in the ropes, gets whipped around. He's concussed. We know that by now. Uh, and and then Cage power bombs him on the stage, and they and then again in the ring, they they're about to hit him with his own skateboard. Moxley runs in, saves uh, Darby with a barbed wire bat. Darby got the hell beat out of him here, uh, and I believe he's supposed to fight Starks tonight. And I don't know if he's going to be able to do that. I don't even know if I have the right name there. I think it's Starks. Um, Let's, let's see what happens there. Ricky Starks, be a little more careful, a little more mindful. Darby Allen, be willing to say, hey, don't hit me this hard right here. You know, make it look good, but don't destroy me. And no good. Uh, Chris Jericho is backstage with Alex Marvez. Said his orange jacket's supposed to be white. He asks Ortiz if it still smells like orange juice. And Ortiz says, yeah. And he says, damn it. And it's, Chris Jericho is hilarious all the time. Um, Jericho cuts a promo on the Jurassic Express. Says that... Marco Stunt has a huge head, and that Luchasaurus isn't really a dinosaur. Great comedy Jericho heel stuff. No problem there. They put over a women's tag team deadly draw lethal lottery style tournament over the summer. Now, don't get me wrong. It's still summer. There's still a lot of summer left, but summer's here. Let's start doing summer stuff already. Um, oh, my favorite. One of my favorite summer shows starts next week. That's Big Brother. It usually starts in July or maybe even June. But again, COVID's a bitch, uh, and so uh, so it's not going to start until next week, and maybe that'll be part of the show each week is the Big Brother review. I know I've done that before, and it got a little boring, but we're going to find a way to spice that up. Uh, Falls Count Anywhere match. The Young Bucks versus The Butcher and The Blade. Holy hell. This is the top-rated segment in AEW history, I do believe. It topped over a million viewers, which is a great number for Wednesday Night Wrestling. Um... There's so much to... I'm just going to hit a few of the big points. One, they start the match backstage in the kitchen where the butcher and the blade are actually cutting meat. They allow them to wash their hands first, which is great, but then they slam them on the butcher's table where there is raw meat 
and knives. There are still knives on this table. But Nick takes the, the power bomb onto the table anyway. They brawl into the concourse of, of the football stadium. They fight in a semi-truck. Nick dives onto the guys out of the, the semi-truck. They super kick the blade onto an escalator, and he just rises up to heaven out of the way. We uh, That's before commercial, after commercial, we're back at the ringside area. The butcher is taking care of the bucks on his own. The blade shows up. They have a great, I mean, they have a great brawl here as well. They set up two tables. They lay the butcher and the blade out on the tables. They go up to the top. They hit simultaneous dives from the top of the stage. And I'm not talking about the, like, eight-foot drop. I'm talking they climb up on the stage pieces and jump probably 12, 15 feet onto these tables and get the simultaneous pin, but I'm pretty sure both Bucks were actually injured during this spot. This was a great segment. This is a great match. And it went on for about 25, 30 minutes. No problems with it. Uh, when all said and done, though, I don't know if that last bit was worth it, but a lot of fun. A, a great match. Um, AW taking this empty arena concept and doing justice with it. Whereas as WWE and TNA kind of are still doing in the ring matches... AW's not afraid to branch out and do weird stuff all over the arena, and, and this was a great example of that, and it was awesome. Alex Marvez is backstage trying to catch up with Jake Roberts and Lance Archer. He asks why Archer didn't f- appear at Fight for the Fallen, and then in response, Archer beats up every geek he can find. He throws a dude straight up into the drop ceiling, uh, who then falls and then pieces of ingrate. It's just foam board, but it falls directly on this guy and it looks awesome. He puts the guy headfirst into a garbage can and he says, you know, when I'm ready, I'll kill everybody in this place. And I'm like, hell yeah, let's get some Lance Archer going on here. Uh, Diamante versus Ivalice, great little match. However, they put a big swole cut in through a third of it, which, come on, guy, you already cut down the women so much here. Let you know, put this after the match, put this before the match, put this during Hangman Page and Allen Five Angels, but don't put it during the women's match. Um, Diamante won with a cradle, it was a good match, but it they didn't pay the respect it deserved. Hangman Page versus Allen Five Angels, after everything we've already seen, I don't remember this match at all, but I do know Page won, and then the Dark Order attacked Hangman Page, um, although, uh Brody Lee had led Colt Cabana out so they didn't see the beatdown. FTR makes the save, throws a cooler full of ice and beer cans at Evil Uno, maybe? And then, but once it's all said and done, then Kenny Omega comes out to uh, to make the quote-unquote save. And it's just a little bit of dissension between uh, Hangman Page and Omega that's going to lead to what could be a four horsemen style stable with FTR, Hangman, and possibly Cody. Cody as the leader of the horsemen is just a weird idea, though. He got the hair for it, though. We'll see where it goes. Good segment here. Um, tonight, they announced that it's going to be uh, Omega uh, and Paige versus Evil Uno and Stu Grayson for the tag titles. This could be the catalyst where. Uh, these two finally break up, and it would put gold in the hands of the Dark Order, which would be good. Hikaru Shida versus Diamante, not for the title. Tornado Tag, uh, Darby Allen and Moxley versus Cage and Starks. I don't know if Darby Allen's going to be able to make that. If he doesn't, is Moxley going to have a partner? He may not, but if he does, who would it be? Uh, and then Cody will be defending the TNT title, which has been announced this week, 
is against Warhorse, I believe. Uh, I want to double check that, but I've seen several places that is going to be Warhorse showing up tonight. Uh, yes, it is. So I am not super familiar with Warhorse. I'll just be honest. But he's got a lot of buzz behind him. Let's see how it goes. Uh, and then our main, our, our main event, Chris Jericho and Jake Hager versus Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. Great match. A lot of action. Um, and I don't remember any specific spots. I really don't. Uh, until the very end, when Luchasaurus is about to hit this big slam on, I believe, Jake Hager. Serpentico, who's been in the crowd all night, jumps the uh, the barricade. He hits Luchasaurus with a bat. He lays, uh, he lays him out. Jericho hits the code breaker on the source for the pin. Serpentico unmasked and it's Sammy Guevara. Uh, the inner circle is now complete once again. Orange Cassidy and Best Friends make the save for Jurassic Express. Um, and so it's set up Best Friends, Orange Cassidy, and Jungle Boy versus, I believe, the entire... Yeah, the entire inner circle tonight. So, going to be a great match there. Overall, a lot of fun with... Uh, with AEW last week, nothing really to complain about, except that they're not treating the women the way they should, and the Bucks are, may- are taking a lot of risks that maybe they don't need to yet, but again, there's there's those are nitpicks. Alright, let's take a break, I'll be right back, and we'll get into this Retro Impact review right here on The Light Show. What's going on, everybody? This is King Ricky Rose of the Kings of the Rings podcast. More importantly, I am your general manager here at Wrestleatic Radio. And if you like what you listen to each and every week on this podcast stream, I think you'll enjoy all the bonus content that we have on our Patreon page, where for just $5 a month, no tears, just one small payment of $5 a month, you get exclusive access to all of our bonus Patreon shows from everybody within the Wrestle Attic Radio Network. On top of that, you'll get exclusive access to us via a Patreon chat where you can talk about different ideas, different things you want to see in our shows, and potentially even be a guest on one of our shows. So that's something that you are interested in being a part of, a wrestling community that keeps wrestling real. Go to patreon.com backslash wrestleatic radio and click subscribe. Now enjoy the rest of the show. And we are back. TNA Impact, October 19th, 2006. I was 19 years old as a freshman. No. June, uh, well, technically junior in college because I kind of flew through the first three years of college and then kind of you know dawdled through the next two years of college. If, if you do math, you'll see that I, I was a junior for a long time and a senior for a long time and not very long as a freshman. But that's okay. Um, first thoughts, the app, the Impact Plus app where I'm watching these is terrible on Roku. It does, it's not intuitive. It's not user-friendly. It crashes. Um, so points off for the app. The recap video airs. Angle tears down Vince. It's his former uh, employer at the at the WWE. Didn't care about him. Just cared about results. Didn't, you know, would work him until he, he broke Samoa Joe has stolen the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship from uh, Jeff Jarrett and then defended it in a ladder match the week before. Christian Cage won the ladder match and Joe took it back. Again, this is all the recap video. It's about 60 seconds and they cram in what appears to be two months worth of storylines. Sign of things to come? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, TNA. 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 Mike TNA. 
uh, is in the ring with documents that that say that Joe must return the NWA World Heavyweight Championship belt tonight, or he will be fired immediately. So Joe has to return the title to Jeff Jarrett before the end of the show, or he is gone. Uh, they do a cut to the crowd. They show SoCal Val uh, leaning over a little bit and blowing a kiss to the camera. Uh, but they start to run down the night's card. But Brother Runt, that would be Spike Dudley, Abyss, and Raven, yes, Raven, uh, are brawling uh, in front of the desk. Abyss slams Raven onto the table. He gets a chair, but Raven gets away. Spike Dudley jumps off of something, or excuse me, Brother Runt jumps off of something. James Mitchell's also there. Uh, egging, he's currently egging on Abyss. Abyss does eventually win the brawl, hitting a black hole slam onto Raven. But who should come out of the tunnel but Jake the Snake Roberts? I didn't know how much crossover there'd be between this AEW show and this TNA show, but Jake the Snake being the first one that comes out, that was a surprise to me. But he comes out. Uh, he has a big bag. He pulls out a snake. Abyss is scared of snakes uh, and and bumps out and dives, rolls to the, to the outside and runs away. Raven never bothered to be in the ring with Jake the Snake. A runt eventually gets in the ring with the bag, and you see him out and say, put the snake in the back and get out of here. Uh, Jake some, you know, gingerly puts down the snake and then gives Runt a DDT. Says that, and granted, I, I'm, I am paraphrasing here because Jake was on a... Oh, Jake was on a bad night. And and understanding what Jake was saying with that voice and that amount of, of let's say, personality enhancers in his system. Um, he eventually said he's going to be the ref for Monsters Ball on Sunday, but that was not clear until Mike today cleared up at the end. Apparently live, looking into this episode, he went on for about nine minutes. They cut it down to 30 seconds, which shows you, Lord, he, he, must, have, uh, he must have said some stuff. Jamie Morris is outside waiting for Kurt Angle when uh, waiting for Samoa Joe when a limo arrives and Kurt Angle steps out of it. It's per- first time we see Kurt Angle on TNA TV live. He is stepping out of a limo. Austin Starr, which is Austin Aries, is showing up on Sunday at Bound for Glory. <clears throat> we see, I think, the same shot of SoCal Val, or she does the exact same motion again. We're now a quarter of the way into this 40-minute show, and it's just now time for a match. And I legit forgot this was a wrestling show for a minute. Christian Cage versus, of all people, Norman Smiley. Holy cow. Am I just watching Nitro again? Because Norman comes out in the football pads in the helmet. He takes a chair shot to the helmet, which, again, is not great. But it's not the worst way to take a chair shot to the head. Um, They say that this was apparently an open challenge that Christian made to the back without ever announcing it to the people. Uh, It went on for two minutes before Christian blocked the big wiggle with a mule kick low blow, pulled the helmet off of Norman Smiley, hit an unprettier and a concerto for the win. Immediately, um, he gets a straight jacket and tries to put uh, put Norman Smiley in it. Shark Boy makes the save, but uh, but Christian Cage <laughs> just nails him with Norman's football helmet, lays him out, and then Rhino makes the save and runs off Christian Cage. All this happened in about three minutes, and whew, that was a lot of stuff taken all at once. Jeremy Borash is outside waiting for Samoa Joe when Eric Young shows up. He's wearing his Don't Fire Eric gear, so that tells me what era of, of Eric Young in Impact we are seeing here. He says uh, he tells Borash that Samoa Joe's already inside, uh, and he says he's not going to give up the title. So good job at your job, uh, Jeremy Borash. 
After the commercial, Jeremy Borash is backstage talking to Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt, apparently forgetting all about talking to Samoa Joe. This match's audio quality is garbage, or this segment. I can't hear much of anything, but here's what I gathered. Um, they're playing the PS2 Slim, which was amazing to me. Time's weird. They're wearing bald caps, speaking in a low, gravelly voice, pretending to be Sinshi. Jerry Lynn comes in and says that he's looking for Saban, but if they don't quit screwing around, Sinshi's going to make them pay. Um... And that they that Lethal has a match with Sinji right now, and Lethal says, "No, I'm playing a game. I'm not going out there." Sinji arrives and kills both dudes. I mean, just leaves Dut laying, and then apparently drags Lethal all the way to the tunnel and out to the ring for a match. Lethal versus Sinji lasted about 90 seconds. Um, they go, and I wrote down these exact words: 100 miles an hour, flips, dives. Sinji uh, wins with a fisherman buster. Then he hits the double foot. Uh, and then he attacks Lethal after the bell. It's kind of a trend here. Chris Saban, who is challenging Senshi for the exhibition title on Sunday, makes the save uh, for for Lethal. However, Senshi still beats him down, kicks him down, and hits him with a double foot stomp. So what's the point of watching this match on Sunday if we just know that Senshi, having already had a brawl with two men and a fight, can beat Alex Shelley single-handedly? But I imagine... That they're going to have the fight anyway. Kevin Nash and Alex Shelley are in a bar. They're announcing the X Division gauntlet on Sunday. Uh, and somebody asked Nash, well, who's going to be in this gauntlet? He's like, oh, well, Alex Shelley. Uh, I'm talking to Hall. And Alex like, Hall? Yeah, yeah, Monty Hall. Monty Hall will be there. Uh, I'm talking to Hogan. If he can get off the set of, of Crocodile Dundee 3, Paul Hogan will be there. Uh, he says Bob Newhart, Carol Burnett, a bunch, ha, 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 a bunch of Nash's old jokes, apparently. Um, and that's it. That's the whole point of the segment. I'm actually looking forward to that match. Just Kevin Nash killing little dudes should be fun for a while as long as one of them wins at the end. If Kevin Nash just wins that match, that that's no good. Tonight interviews BG James about his and Kip's feelings toward Jeff Jarrett. BG says that Jeff Jarrett is a good guy and has always got a thing going. Isn't Jeff Jarrett the heel into this situation and BG kind of a babyface? And again, this whole interview lasted about 30 seconds. Eight-man tag team match. Uh, AMW, America's Most Wanted, Cowboy James Storm and Wildcat Chris Harris teaming with LAX Homicide and Hernandez to take on the James gang of Kip and BG James. That would be Badass Billy Gunn and the Road Dog. Uh, and the tag team champions, AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels. They start at a brawl. Just just going at it. Styles, Daniels, and LAX brawl to the side where they lock up Willie Urbina, who apparently is making his debut. I did not realize that uh, uh, as I was watching this. Uh, and then in the ring, America's Most Wanted is beating down Kip. By the way, Kip's hair, you know, of course, his his gimmick in all, uh, high truck, uh, his gimmick in TNA was always that he was this gay-coded character, which, great. Um, and he had his hair pulled back and these little braids, fine. But when did he dye it red and white? This was hideous. Uh, but that is, that is, again, his choice with his hair, I suppose. Uh, they go to commercial, and they come back. They're no longer brawling. They're having your standard eight-man tag match. AJ runs wild with the Pele kicks, uh, but he gets super kicked by Harris as he goes for the Styles Clash. Homicide and Harris have the match won on AJ, but they cannot get along. AJ Pele kicks Harris into Homicide and then rolls up Harris for the win. One, two, three. 
Daniels, Daniels, Styles, and a uh, and the James Gang they leave. AMW is arguing amongst each other. LAX gets in the ring, and Conan pie faces Gale back into uh, Harris. They're holding Gale back, who is now trying to slap Conan. LAX jumps AMW. They beat down Storm and Harris, and then they give the border. Hernandez gives the border toss to Gale Kim, and Gale's light. And he chucked her for everything he was worth. She flew through the air, folded up like a pancake. Jesus. Uh, Gail's a tough, tough person. But yeah, that's that's the bill. And so I was like, okay, these two are wrestling at the pay-per-view. They're not. Uh, I don't know. I think AMW's taking on the James Gang. And LAX and uh, da- Daniels and Styles are having a tag team title match in a cage. So there was no point in doing this just yet, as far as I can tell. TNA... Uh, I did it again. Tanae is now in the ring with Earl Hebner. It's time for Joe to return the belt. Joe comes out. There's a keep the title chant. These people are telling Samoa Joe to give up his job to keep a title he did not win. So in, in general, they're saying, we don't care about you, uh, Joe. Just You just go away and keep your belt. Joe rips up the documents. Angle comes out. They have a stare down. People are going crazy. And then Angle headbutts Joe in the bridge of the nose. And when Joe comes up, he is gushing from the eye. And I think this was hard way. Um, and I bet Joe knew it was going to happen too. He said, yeah, go for it. See, see what you can do. Um, he hits an angle slam on Joe. Joe gets up, lays out angle with a kick, no selling the slam. But then angle gets up and no sells the kick. They have a brawl. And as these two behemoths are trying to kill one another with chokes and slams and punches, you see Jeff Jarrett in his uh, flowery shirt slide in the ring pick up his NWA World's title belt, and skitter out the side. And that is your build for Joe in the Monsters Ball and Angle being the special guest enforcer for Jarrett versus Sting, career versus title, at Bound for Glory. The show ends with this Fozzie music video, which recapped the show and built towards um, built towards Bound for Glory. So somehow, after all of this, the only two people that appear both on this episode of Impact and on uh, the AW that I reviewed are Jake the Snake Roberts and Chris Jericho, who never actually wrestled a match for TNA. This is a weird time. I can't wait to get more into it. I'm actually excited. I enjoyed my 42 minutes. Um, next week, I will be recapping that Bound for Glory, which is not 42 minutes. It's it's three damn hours. So if I'm in a worse mood next week, you'll know why. We'll also talk about tonight's AEW. And, um, again, at some point I want to talk about Hamilton. This is a pop culture and wrestling show. I just have not been able to do pop culture in weeks because of all the wrestling. But that's that. We're going to, we'll get back to it at some point. My name is Ben Chappell, the Monday Night Delight. You can follow me on Twitter at MN underscore Delight. Check out all of our wrestling radio shows at Addict underscore Wrestle on Twitter. Uh, we got Kings of the Ring, Young Lions, The Game Changer, and myself. We're hoping to build more and more all the time. If you want to support us, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash WrestleAddictRadio. We have merch at teespring.com backslash toward backslash wrestle hyphen addict hyphen radio. Uh, check out all those things. Come back here next week, and we will have a good time. We'll see you then. Good night, everybody.